Hey, what up, Long Beach? Welcome back to the only bi-weekly podcast that gives you everything Long Beach State Athletics, where we don't pump up the ambient crowd noise. We make enough noise ourselves. It's the LB Fee Show. It's hosted by the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasi. We've got a very special episode today with uh, Alan Knight coming up. Uh, super excited to talk to the head coach of still the two-time defending NCAA champion Long Beach State men's volleyball program. But before we get to Alan and the rest of the show, obviously we got to bring on the man of the hour. It's your show, Andy Fee, Long Beach State Athletic Director. How you doing, Andy? Gentlemen, my pleasure as always to join you for some uh, sports talk and uh, life in general here in the LBC. So good afternoon. Happy One Shining Moment week, Andy. This is always the week in my life where I get to listen to One Shining Moment. It's brand new. Saw it on Monday, capping a very interesting NCAA tournament on and off the court. That song just hit a little different, you know? Thinking about how much those kids really sacrificed uh, the men and women of NCAA college basketball, not going to Thanksgiving and Christmas with their parents and their family because they did want that One Shining Moment. Where, where were you watching the game at? Just here at home, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, we've talked about it a number of times and I just continue to reinforce the sacrifices that, that all student athletes uh, across the men's and women's basketball landscape have made. And, you know, to the average fan, I don't, you know, I don't think they realize how many times, you know, in, in, a, in a random day that we just do things that sometimes we just, yeah, I'm going to go see Mike. I'm going to go see JJ. Why wouldn't I? It's Sunday. We hang in the backyard. And, that those student athletes, hey, I'm not going to go home this weekend and I'm not going to go home for, you know, 15 weekends in a row, that wears on people. You know, at first, I think, you know, our teams and a lot of teams said, hey, yeah, I got it. But, you know, as we got towards the end of the season, I mean, it, it wore on people. I mean, you miss your loved ones. You miss being around, you know, mom and dad, they pump you up, make you feel better, you know, a tough week. And, you know, the, the only thing you got is FaceTime or Zoom. So, you know, this year, I think, you know, one shining moment, those three minutes or so was pretty special. And uh, I know sitting there watching it myself, uh, you know, it really it really hit hit me in the gut, you know, watching that was pretty special. I, yeah, get, teary-eyed, I get teary eyed every week, every time, man. It never fails. Big time. It's a big time song, right? Big time uh, montage for JJ sure. JJ has a huge, uh, soft, one shining moment shaped uh, wound on his heart that it just bips him every every, every year. It gets him pretty good. Um, it, yeah, it's, you make it's peak amateur athletics, dude. It's peak. <laughs> you you do make a great point, Andy. If if people, if you're used to watching, you know, or taking in the tournament, what was different was like, okay, the crowds weren't there, and it was a little bit more centralized in terms of locations, but like what was different in terms of the experience for the players was <laughs> a million times what, uh, what those might've felt like. Um, so we, we, we just mentioned fans. I think at the 562.org is we're sort of ramping up our coverage of spring sports. The question we get every time we tweet anything about Long Beach state is when are we going to be able to go see a dirtbags game? When are we going to be able to go to a track meet? Um, do you have an update on, where that stands, I know that things have been moving forward in terms of starting to allow spectators back. Uh, and I understand people's frustrations. They're seeing Dodgers and Angels games with fans there. Um, so where, where is everything at right now, just to kind of set the scene? Yeah, so we're continuing to work uh, with the city and the county on how we can get fans back. We've, we've got a pretty good plan in place for our sports 
uh, indoor sports. So right now we've got men's volleyball um, and women's volleyball is in the non-traditional, uh, non-championship segment. Um, I, I don't see indoor sports, meaning college volleyball, at least here in Long Beach, having fans. But our outdoor sports, um, we have plans in place um, that, that we feel check all the boxes on safety and compliance with, um, you know, the CDC rules on six feet between folks and how do we, how do we get people in? How do we get people out and temporal checks? And, you know, you have to fill out the daily, you know, check, get the green check mark. I, you know, I, I test three times a week. I go on campus, I get tested. I got to fill out the little green thing. I get the check mark, show it, come on campus. So we feel that operationally we have plans in place. We have very specific seating pods within, for example, Blair Field, sets of four seats, distance six feet apart. Essentially, you've got Blair Field at 3,200 seats. I mean, Bull Diamond's a great place to watch baseball, of course. Great venue, lots of seats. For, for an average college baseball facility, 3,200 seats is pretty big. Now, if you throw in the six-foot rule and all of these other things, essentially, you boil it down to about 450 fans that we could get into a baseball game, which kind of sounds crazy, but following all the rules of compliance, that's what we could do. So we feel really good about what we have in place. Now it's up to the city, um, ultimately the county public health, health officials to uh, say yes to it. So we're, we're also in this weird spot and we've talked about it guys, right? We're not pro sports, we're not youth sports, we're college sports. And we're this really thin slice, really, when you look at it, you know, youth sports has thousands upon thousands and tens of thousands of, you know, young, young kids running around doing all the different sports. College sports in Southern California is a little different. You know, it's a smaller subset. We have about 400 student athletes in our cohort. So we're in this weird spot of the middle ground. And, uh, you know, I think right now we're trying to figure out how best to fall more towards one or the other. You've got the pro sports that have opened up, obviously, with, with the Dodgers. And, you know, sounds like the Lakers supposedly next week, right, are supposed to have fans or, you know, that's what I've read. Um, youth sports, you've got the high schools and, and, and mom and dad at games, et cetera. So we're trying to figure out how to position ourselves for them to look at us and go, okay, I understand what you're all about. Let's get it done. But, you know, I'm hopeful soon things are changing rapidly as, as we all know uh, with the opening up of what the greater society is I'll call it. So, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to feel optimistic that that's going to happen. The problem is we're going to start running out of time <laughs> and just, I want to make sure. That right. But just fans. to be really clear for the people who are in our Twitter feed, and I think we've had to do this a few other times, you guys want to have fans. <laughs> oh, most, <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, you know, president Conley, um, you know, voted in favor of uh, the Big West. Uh, there was a shift to allow fans and it, it, it's up to each institution. So President Conley voted in favor of that. So she signaled that she wants fans at our games. I want fans at our games. If it was up to President Conley and I, we would have fans out there right now. We would be open up. We've got, we have our plans in place. All we need literally is a signal from public health saying you can do it. So as soon as public health says you can do it, all we have to do is activate the plan. So it's if it were up to us, we'd have fans at, at our outdoor venues in a heartbeat. Does the plan that you guys are working on right now, or theoretically the plan that the local health department is working on for you right now, 
Does it include anything about vaccinations? You know, they, they're going to expand it to any adult over the age of 16 who wants to get it uh, coming up later this month. You know, is there any discussion of how that would affect getting fans back into uh, Bull Diamond at Blair Field? Or is this really just based on we're assuming that nobody is vaccinated and would, the best we could do would be test someone? Yeah, so the, the current plan that we have is based upon no, no vaccination requirement or anything related to it. That's one of the biggest questions we have, actually, and we spoke about it today. I have a weekly COVID uh, task force meeting, and talking with our medical people was, what, what does it mean when, when we're all vaccinated, uh, specifically all of our student-athletes? Uh, April 15th, assuming that there's vaccine available, anyone, as you said, 16 and over can get vaccinated. So what does that look like? Does that suddenly shift? Um, you know, is there a vaccine passport? Is there a rule where if I'm vaccinated that I can wander around Blair Field and say hello to JJ and Mike? Um, that's probably one of the biggest questions for us as we actually gaze forward is, you know, if we get our student athletes vaccinated in the next couple of weeks, let's assume, you know, six weeks later, um, they're fully vaccinated and, and, and safe, so to speak. So now we've got all these student athletes and all these coaches and staff, everybody's vaccinated. Are we required to test that? I mean, I asked that question today to the medical people. Do we have to test three times a week? Right now, they're telling us yes. For college sports, they're saying yes, that at least today, that's the rule because we do have some people who are vaccinated and we still have to get tested three times a week. So we're really curious what the vaccine means. We have not really figured out what it means. So if someone does, let me know. Well, I, I do. That, that was kind of my last question, Andy. And then we've got some more fun, less detail oriented questions as well. Um, but the governor announced, I think, like an hour before we started recording today that, you know, if the vaccination rate continues where it is, June 15th, he's, you know, he's given the two thumbs up, you know, gentlemen, start your engines. Um, there won't be a tier system anymore, all this other stuff. How optimistic are you? And I, this has been the question I've heard from everyone in education is, does July 1st of the 21-22 school year get to look like a pretty normal school year? How optimistic are, are you or what have you heard around the removal of the tier system, et cetera, that Long Beach State fans and athletes and, and coaches can look forward to a full schedule with fans you know, going forward as we get into next school year? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because the devil's in the details. So it's great that, you know, in my mind, hey, thank you, Governor Newsom. Sounds great. I'm on board. Let's get it done. But you know what one of the challenges are? We have to work in the environment that we are. And sometimes that handcuffs you a little bit. So for example, think about what school, quote unquote, looks like in the fall at Long Beach State. You have, I don't know how many sections of classes. I mean, it is like literally steering the Titanic. I mean, you are just, it doesn't move very fast. So you have to plan today for the fall. So it sounds great. Okay, open it up. But right now we have to secure which classrooms are open. And today the planning has to be upon a six foot, six foot rule. And so, you know, I feel, man, you know, the President Conley and Provost Jersky and all of the folks on the academic affairs team, just for our campus alone, it's such a challenge because everything changes, but certain things you have to plan out in advance. So, you know, in a weird way, you could have the, the governor saying everything's open and we all go, hey, everything's open in June. And then you ask Andy, well, how does school look? And Andy goes, 
well, we only have 40% in, in person instruction because we can't shift on the fly so fast to suddenly just go, hey, just everybody show up. You know, it just doesn't work as if simple. If only as life that. were like a dirtbags game and you could just say on Friday, here's what we're doing on Saturday, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, it, in, in the global sense, uh, what does that mean? It's, it will be unique. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but I do know the planning that goes into the operations of a, you know, 40,000 student university is, it's slow moving. I mean, it'd be great to just sit there and say you could snap your fingers. Now, within the athletics department, we're, we're, we're going to be able to be a little more nimble. My hope would be that a lot of the restrictions that we have do go away. Um, you know, hey, if we need to test once a week, I'm, hey, I'm fine with that. We want to be safe and uh, I'm good with certain things. But my hope would be that a lot of the restrictions truly do go away, assuming that things are safe. And I guess it just boils down to me is how does it filter from the governor to local public health? And so, you know, you know, is it really that date or in Long Beach, is it going to be July 1st? August 1st, you know, hey, the number's here, you know, sorry, you can't eat indoors or, hey, you can't go into the pyramid. But yeah, I'm really hoping, knock on wood, that, you know, the vaccine is what it is and what it appears to be the game changer as far as COVID. And it would be, I'm telling you, I can't wait for that day that we can truly all celebrate all of the things that we've been missing and in particular, um, you know, beach athletics that ever-changing and breaking news for everything beach athletics can be found at the 562.org where we're covering all of the local teams including obviously the long beach state teams that were all in action last week and we got some good events coming up too so we're going to do this week at the beach we got to start with number seven men's volleyball in hawaii one of the few long beach state teams in hawaii gave number one hawaii everything it could handle in two losses a four-setter and a five-setter uh, some great performances, Spencer Olivier, Ethan Siegfried, um, Anderson was blocking everything Hawaii was trying to put over the net. We'll talk about that and more with Alan Knipe, obviously, but we'll also talk about the noise or the lack thereof that the crowd was making at Hawaii. Now, if you know college volleyball, you know going to Hawaii is one of the toughest places to play because those people really do, do love their volleyball and they show out. It's 5,000 strong in there and they are loud. Well, when they're not there, apparently Hawaii likes it to be loud in there either way. And Alan Knight did not like that at all. I'm on Alan Knight's side. I don't like the ambient noise. I know what's going on. Listen, I know there's no fans the, the, there. The ambient, need, no, hold on. You need to fake the funk for me to think that I'm going to get excited because you're going to replay the same five seconds of crowd noise. The ambient noise is there to make everyone feel slightly less weird about how weird it is that we're playing games in empty arenas. You're not trying to simulate, you know, I think 10,300 in the stand sheriff or something, which is why there's a decibel limit on <laughs> yeah there's a what it is and it's know? also it doesn't sound good guys it just no. <laughs> yeah it's we 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 don't as far as i know and you guys know know better than i because you're, you're at the event but i don't think we we use it at the pyramid or if we do we have it very low i'm i'm i am not a fan of it um it came out and the reality is this this ambient kind of i call it canned fan noise was for tv I mean, it was really pushed by ESPN because they wanted their broadcast not to have that weirdness, right? That the only thing you hear is Andy yelling at, you know, Billy. You know, and you, Whoa, and it okay, is weird. I want to be clear. It is weird. And I, I, don't, I mean, playing the, the low-level stuff just to simulate that feeling, I completely understand that. But 
the goal is not let's give everyone hearing loss <laughs> by turning well, I, up canned crowd noise. And I don't really think, again, this is Andy's opinion, but I don't think our athletes hear the, the noise. If, if Andy Fee is the athletic director, pipe all that in there. I don't think, you know, Long Beach State men's volleyball is going to be super pumped up because Andy Fee is playing canned noise through the PA system. It's not the same thing. What brings the energy, certainly the noise, but the physical being of fans in the arena, that's where the energy really comes from. Yes, there's noise, but it is the fans. When you look out there and you see, you know, in the, when we played Hawaii in the championship match and you looked at the student section, yeah, they were loud, but it was the physical piece of the, you just went, man, they got my back. They're no literally one says- right behind me. No one says the sound mixer turned that knob a little bit and I knew it was go time, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's one of those things in the COVID world that, you know, we'll look back and probably laugh at, you know, there's, there's not much to laugh at in the COVID world, but, you know, I think things like that, the oddity of it, um, you know, I don't, I don't really get it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it was great volleyball and, and, you know, considering the, the uphill battle of limited practices and, you know, no non-conference. Uh, it was amazing to watch, you know, the effort level of, of our players and very easily could have come out of there with some W's. And, you know, my, you know, armchair volleyball coach, you know, setter libero guy over here, Andy Few that doesn't know much anything, but I, I, you know, I think no one, no one wants to play us right now. You know, I mean, I think people go, man. Uh, well, Hawaii okay. had only you lost. Know? <laughs> Hawaii had only lost three sets all season, and they lost uh, three sets, you know, this weekend. So definitely some encouraging stuff uh, out out on the islands. We're obviously going to talk about that and more with Coach Knight coming on in just a minute. Before we get there, got to talk about the hottest team on campus right now. Got to be the softball team. Uh, Shannon Haddad, Kelly White. Morgan Quinlan, Samantha Fowler, Sophia Fernandez, they are the deepest pitching staff in the Big West right now. They lead the conference in ERA, K per seven, overall innings. Uh, you know, they outscored the Matadors 24 to four over the weekend, sweeping CSUN on the road. Haddad gets freshman and pitcher of the week. And you got to shout out Alyssa Gonzalez as well. She had seven hits, six RBIs, a home run and four runs scored in those games and she was named big west field player of the week the softball team just sweeping up those big west awards and they're going to be back this weekend taking on uc san diego for a pair of double headers they're trying to get as many games as they possibly can so they're going to play two on saturday and two on sunday also got a shout out the dirtbags got back to winning ways against uc san diego they won the first game on thursday and then won that big game on saturday after splitting the double header uh, the freshmen were balling out loud Luis Ramirez got that series finale, posted his third quality start. And then freshman third baseman Jonathan Long had a great weekend with seven hits, five RBIs, and three runs scored. They are also going to be back at home this weekend, Bull Diamond at Blair Field for a four-game Big West series against Cal Poly. Got to shout out the Long Beach State track and field team. Senior Jason Smith was the best high jumper at the Stanford Invitational, had his fourth consecutive victory in the high jump, hit a 7 2 5 uh, I'm always surprised that, you know, guys like Jason Smith don't have the basketball and volleyball coaches uh, <laughs> knocking down their door when they're, they're hitting, you know, over seven foot is <laughs> pretty incredible. Uh, beach volleyball team split uh, matches with Hawaii last weekend as well. And they'll be traveling to Northridge this weekend to play the Matadors and Grand Canyon University. Another big West award there for them as well. Get those conference awards, Maria Molina and Tyler Spriggs, both 
the best duo. They've won 12 of the last 14 matches and were the pair of the week for the conference. And women's water polo also going to be at home this weekend, hosting Loyola Marymount on Saturday. So many teams in Hawaii. Andy, is that part of the plan? Did they like set that up so that the entire Long Beach State Athletics Department headed to the island for a week? What's going on? Did that make the planning more difficult or easier? Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that, I, you know, we didn't have an alternate uh, HQ over there that Andy Fee should have been operating out of uh, for, for the week. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really, you know, that, that's a, I, we've talked about this before. I would say, it. you know, I think the Irish man goes, oh, great, a trip to Hawaii. And yeah, you're going to Hawaii. That's real nice. But it's a business trip. And on a typical year, it's a business trip, meaning, you, you know, you might get an hour at the beach or maybe an hour and a half at the beach. And then that's great. But, you know, you're there to, to, to take care of business and then you throw in the COVID year and what the trip is like and it's it's very bizarre um you know so to have so many teams over there you know certainly felt odd you know I, I'm not sure how that that lined up obviously for us this year we, we had more teams going to to Honolulu but it's never an easy trip it's a long trip and uh you know it's yeah Again, it sounds like a wonderful trip, but it's uh, it is no easy feat, and uh, it's a tough place to play. It really is. And uh, but you know, again, we love going over there, taking on Hawaii. I think we've got some great rivalries with them. So you know, it's always great to have a Big West game where it it means a little bit more than just you know winning. It, it, it's it's about who you are and what you represent. Well, he's returned stateside safely, and we're going to now welcome on our special guest for the week. He and his boys, two-time defending NCAA national champion, so I really don't need to say anything else. It's Alan Knight. What's up, Coach? How are you? Uh, great. Thanks for having me. How, yeah. was your how was your trip to Hawaii? Yeah, it was really good. You know, um, it's, we haven't, we, obviously, we haven't done much of anything, never mind travel. You know, usually by this time of the year, we've We've traveled maybe to Canada. We do in the fall sometimes, or we, at least at the Santa Barbara tournament, we've probably been to Chicago or Ohio state or Penn state. And that those, we always do a lot of traveling in early January because not one, it's great to get out on the road early, find out who you are, get some team bonding and everything in, but also we don't miss a lot of class because we start late January. So we, t we tend to try to travel early and uh, we, you know, we, we, we hadn't traveled at all. So it was great to get out on the road and, and uh, get some quality time with the guys. And even if it was in, even if it was in the bus, even if it was in the hotel a little bit or, or just traveling, at least we got to see them a little bit more than we, we do even on campus right now. Cause the only time we see them is when we're literally practicing. So it was good. It felt somewhat normal to get back out there. And then to, to your guys point about so many teams over there. Um, it was great to be honest with you. We saw them in the airport. We saw them around the hotel. We saw them around campus a little bit and, uh, I'm not going to lie. I love seeing all the extra black and gold walking around the campus. Um, that was awesome. So good job by those guys and uh, get a win for Mike. And I know Shana had a couple of tough ones, but her girls are doing some great things. And I think they, they played much better on their second night. I, felt that, I think they felt good about that. Uh, but as far as our weekend, yeah, I mean, we we're not healthy and that's, that's the cry of every team I would imagine in the country right now with especially the teams that didn't have much of a ramp up. Right. So, we're dealing with stuff that we normally don't deal with. And um, our, our guys are being amazing about it. So we went over to Hawaii and we play, you know, a really good team that has a lot of pieces back from that team we saw here in the pyramid in 19. They eligibility got re eligibility relief. So they got a nice veteran squad and uh, 
to make just add insult to injury. We, we, you know, Aiden wasn't able to go. Our starting center wasn't able to go after dealing with some ankle issues. Um, we had to take him out of the match at Irvine the weekend before, and we uh, we end up having an outside hitter. Ryan pull set both matches against the number one team in the country, and we feel like we, you know, we win the first. We weren't we win the first set both nights. We lose the second set both nights. Um, and then the, the second night we lose it, I think 30, 28. And uh, then we on the first night we lost in the fourth set, uh, 30, 20, 26, 24. And then we go five the second night. So um, I thought it was great by our guys. It would have been a lot more enjoyable to win. But right now the process of us with this young, young group is literally just to learn how to play as hard as they can for as long as they can. And it sounds very simple, but they, it, to win at this level, the margins are so thin. And then to do it with, you know, very little training and do it with a lot of young guys, there, there's times right now that there's four or five freshmen on the court. So, um, and we're, we're doing a good job with some things, but uh, the best thing that came away from the weekend for us was the ability to continue to extend our ability to play hard and play long. And we hit for some good numbers. The second night we had 17 blocks. The first night, I think we had 12. Our hitting percentage went up. Our service errors went down. Our aces went up, you know, so it's tracking in the right direction. And I'm not a big moral victory guy uh, ever. I like to win as many matches as possible. Um, but the guys put themselves in a really good chance to win that match. And it's always good when you leave feeling like, man, there was a lot of opportunities that we had under our control that maybe if we could execute a little bit better, we could have won that match or, you know, we had a chance to win that match. And that invigorates you coming home to uh, to have a good day in the gym. We had a great day today. We had yesterday off. We had a great day in the gym today. And it's just a really enjoyable group to be around. You, uh, you said it. You're definitely not a moral victory guy in my experience of covering your teams. But you also said before the season, the whole goal is to try and be as ready as possible for the Big West tournament. Yeah. Um, that's where the NCAA tickets are being punched. You know, yeah. that, that's what it is. And here we are, you guys have only been playing for three weeks, but you're also only three weeks away from, you know, getting to that tournament. It, it is going to be that quick. Um, yeah. we, we, uh, we talked to Andy about it a little bit, but wanted to ask you, because this is actually a conversation we've had on this show about the, the crowd noise, um, yeah. in, in Hawaii, um, you, I think, wanted them to not attempt to simulate the sound of 10,000 people and give everyone hearing loss, but to do what that is designed to do, which is to make it slightly less weird that it's an empty arena by just having a little bit of noise on in the background. Um, I saw how much that meant to your players, though. You could see how fired up your guys were as that exchange was going on. What, uh, what, what, what happened there? What was your take? And, you know, uh, are, are we going to see any changes to the way that crowd noise is employed in the pyramid going forward? No, I, I don't think, I think what's lost in this, and I think Andy and I have, um, we, we talked about this, but it, it, Andy has some issues within his own way as the athletic director of, the, you know, with the, he has to protect the programs and the way the rules are enforced by the, by the big West. But my deal is, is that I never once talked about crowd noise. That wasn't my issue. My issue was um, the complete Bush league of um, just what they pulled on one serve. We, we, Spencer Olivier in the second set threw a serve up, threw his toss up, and they blasted the noise on one serve. And it, you know, it's an empty arena. There's nothing there. And all of a sudden there's this huge roar of noise, right? When it's in. So that was gamesmanship on purpose. That right. was my issue. You know, their, their comment about I have a problem with, 
the the noise or simulated noise. I couldn't care. I didn't say a word about it Friday night and we lost the match. You know, right. I didn't say a word about it in the first set. I only said it on the spin. And you can look at the play. The play is in set two, Spencer Olivier serving somewhere in the range of like 14, eight or something like that. And you see the reaction from everybody when he throws the ball up. Every, and, and everyone air. kind of ducks. Yeah. Yeah. So my conversation with the down ref was, hey, that can't happen. I don't care about the noise, but that can't happen. And he goes, you're right. We should replay that. And he was trying to get the ref, up ref to replay it. The right. up ref didn't want any part of that. And then the exchange came from their head coach. And I, in all the years I've coached volleyball, I've never had a discussion with another head coach during the match. It's just, it's not a written rule. It's a respect thing. Imagine, imagine a baseball game and a coach goes out to talk to the umpire that he has every right to do to protect his team. And the other manager runs out and starts yelling at the manager. Right. Right. So (laughs) it's, I mean, that's just, you just don't do that. Now, if I said my piece to the down ref and their coach wants to then rebuttal that he has his time, but you don't bring energy at the other head coach. At least I've never seen it. So his response he got from me, you know, it was reactive, but he got a response out of us a little shocked that he's talking to another coach who's doing his job for his team. And he completely missed the point of what the issue was. He thought it was about crowd noise, which turned into complete mayhem for him and his administration running around calling the conference and trying to get a rule that I knew was that, okay. The crowd noise was fine, right. but you don't blast it on a serve. You don't do that in, a basketball game on a free point you know you don't do it at Blair Field when the other pitcher's about to throw a pitch you just don't do it we're all in the COVID world operating under a shared level of respect for the fact that everyone who's playing under these circumstances is going through something together and so you don't exactly what you just said when JJ's covered games at at Bull Diamond at Blair no one turns up the country music right (laughs) Yeah, it's the pitchers getting ready to That's throw. Right. Well, the, and, and then they, of course, they have they have control of their own narrative after the, all their media. And of course, after the game, whether he knew the truth or not of how it really happened, he, he the comment was that I didn't like the noise. But if I didn't like the noise, I would have been cl- complaining for nine sets. I complained on one play and I found it really interesting. After that one play, I complained that they never did it again. So they obviously knew that. Knew, was good. Right. Well, I, I would point out, Alan, that as you know, uh, my, my uh, wife grew up going to men's volleyball matches, uh, even back to when you were playing with her dad. And she, yeah. uh, her dad, a longtime Long Beach State uh, volleyball fan, uh, she's screaming at the, the stream. We're, we're actually on vacation watching it in San Diego at <laughs> one o'clock in the morning or whatever, <laughs> whatever the hell it was. She's screaming, uh, he can't yell at, at our coach while he's talking to the ref. <laughs> So yeah. it was picked up, but yeah, it, uh, it probably didn't help uh, narrative-wise that the game was being shown on a, a Hawaii home TV channel at the time. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's never something good, you know, It's but, you know, both programs are passionate about what they do. I'm certainly passionate about my program, and I felt like some things were done that aren't okay, and then when you put a whole bunch of emotion into a situation, that's why it's important that the coaches don't interact during a match. And all of a sudden you throw a whole bunch of motion in and then you're, and then you play after the whole thing that you're shocked that you got a response, you know, is, uh, is, was, it is what it is. You know, it, it's going to be fine. It's okay. My players, his players, I would imagine they're, they're okay seeing that their head coaches care. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a deal. It was definitely a deal for them, probably more for you, but you know, who's a big deal is Spencer Olivier and you mentioned him. 25 yep. kills. It's a career high. Does he remind you of anybody you've had over there recently? Maybe just the way that he prepares himself. 
You know, Spencer's definitely his own guy. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean, like he's, he's, he's unlike a lot of the players that we've had in the past. Um, we, we typically don't end up with these giant outside hitters, you know, uh, we, TJ, Taylor Crab, Bjarn Hoos, you know, um, Andrew Witt, Ethan Siegfried. We tend to have these really talented volleyball players and sometimes they end up on quote unquote undersized, but Spencer is a good volleyball player, but he's a six, seven stick. And, uh, you know, that's one of the bigger blocks you're going to see probably all, all season long. And it's, so was Santa Barbara's block and Irvine's block. And there's, there's been some times that he's had absolutely no problem just going right over the top. And uh, he's just, he's really just figuring out like how talented he is as an athlete. And when he plays fully invested and plays big ball, we had a joke, like I said, uh, talked to him about basketball and said, uh, Hey, if you, if you thought, if I gave you two basketball players and one was Steph Curry and one was Shaq, which one do you think you're a little more like? And, uh, and he goes, I think you want me to say Shaq. <laughs> and I go, I go, yeah, I don't want any more fall away jumpers. I want you to take it to the rim. <laughs> and uh, it took him a while to kind of put it all together. But um, my point is I just, you know, the best thing about him is his physicality and, and if you can take it to the rim, you don't need to worry about your fallaway jumper. So um, we're going to have him take it to the rim as much as he can. Uh, you, you mentioned it. You guys have gone through some injury uh, injury issues. I, somewhat miraculous from my perspective to see you guys go four and five sets at Hawaii with with Ryan Poole setting, not which was certainly not the way you guys drew it up this year. Nor was no. it the backup plan to the way you drew it. Up this no. Year. Um, no, we're, <laughs> what, 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 we're can, can, what can you say without getting into specifics? What can you say about those injuries as you're looking towards preparing for that big West tournament? Are you guys uh, what we're hoping the Lakers are this year where it's like, okay, by the time it's showtime, everyone's back. Or is it like the Nets yeah. last year where it's going to linger? No, I, I think that um, it, it's one of those calculated decisions too. of um, Aiden played, but I only played him through the back row because I'm trying to limit, you know, the impact on his, on his leg right now. Um, you know, he's dying to play, but he's a little limited physically. He's getting better. Um, we're hoping to get him back. Uh, but right now, the most important thing for our guys is that the guy that's out there setting the ball has to be able to be mobile enough to get around the court and then give them the best chance. And, you know, obviously Aiden set the ball significantly more in his life. So there's some things offensively we do. It's a little different, a little easier for our team maybe, but, you know, give, give Ryan full a lot of credit. You know, he's been around here for a long time. Now this is his fourth year and he was on some teams that he, he could barely crack our travel roster sometimes. And then he wasn't healthy. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. It's just so much depth on the team and he hung in and he battled through it and he gave us everything he had through those years. And, and then he comes in this year. And when we, when we didn't have, um, you know, our center from last year return, then we're very limited in that position. It wasn't, it wasn't on purpose that we're this thin. It was the, literally the day before school that I got notified that um, he wasn't going to come back. And uh, so we're thin there. And then uh, with Ryan, um, we just, we wanted to give him an opportunity because he has the ability to set, even though he hasn't set. So we started to develop him, you know, as we got back in the gym in February. And uh, it took, a, it took a lot of, I don't know. It just took a lot of character for him to say, yeah, I have a, I have a chance right now to beat out some freshmen. I could play on the outside, my true position, and you're going to split some of my time and make me set, which make me might put me at number three or four on the depth chart on the outside. And maybe I don't play again. And, uh, but for he, he just said, Hey, whatever I can do to help the team. And 
Uh, he's getting better and better, but I think he, he, he's reached a moment in his career that he, one, he's, he's healthy for the first time in his career here. And two, he realizes that it's coming to an end, you know, so he might as well just enjoy the fact that he's competing, maybe not in his natural position. And if you watch the video, I mean, there's smiles all over the place. He might set a ball that's not the greatest ball sometimes, and it's not at the end of the world. And he sets a whole bunch of good balls. He's celebrating with his guys. And I think there's that natural camaraderie um, for his guys that know what he's been through that are pulling for him and want to play hard for him when he's out there in a perfect world where we go moving forward, hopefully we get Aiden back and he's healthy. And then we can kind of have both these guys able to help us and we'll figure out what the right combination is moving forward or where we have to go. But I think that right now it would be, it, it would be foolish last weekend, especially coming off Irvine with Aiden's ankle, the way it was in that second match to, to force him out there and, and have him hobble around the court in Hawaii. Speaking of that youth movement, uh, your freshman Clark Godbold won for the second week in a row, the Big yeah. West Freshman of the Week of Reward. Uh, he recorded double-digit kills in both of those games at Hawaii. How, how good can he be? Yeah, I mean, he's got the, the potentials off the charts for Clark, and not just because he's so talented. I mean, if you notice, he started on the left for us and he started on the right for us, and uh, it, it doesn't matter to him. Just wherever you need me, and the, uh, his ability to block and his volleyball IQ and his serving right now, and he's got good ball control. Um, it's just he really doesn't fully understand where his potential is. I know, but the best thing about him is he knows where he wants to go. He knows how much work he's willing to put in in college to be as good as he can, and he wants to be an Olympian, and he wants to play professionally, and there's a reason why he chose Long Beach because he had those goals. So he comes in a very, very mature freshman about his going about his work because he's got a lot of things on his mind that he wants to prepare for down the road. So he doesn't want to waste any time, especially after wasting, you know, not wasting, but losing all the time we've already lost. Yeah. Clark's real special. We knew that he was the number one recruit and he's shown right away that, you know, he's living up to that billing. Good stuff, Coach. Thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Obviously, you guys have got your eyes on that Big West Conference tournament. Hopefully, we can talk to you before then. Sorry to keep you up late on the game, Mike. That's Tell okay. Shara, hey, that's okay. Tell Shara I appreciate her having my back. <laughs> Will do. All right, you guys. Take care. All right, Alex. Good stuff from Coach Knife. Uh, always nice to talk to a champion. It's been happening more and more around these parts. We're going to bring back Andy for our final segment, our big shouts for the week. I'll go first and get mine out of the way. I want to give a big shout to the people who are answering the phones at the Long Beach Department of Health office. I've called there for personal reasons. I've called there for professional reasons. These are not the people making decisions, okay? Their job is to answer the phone and try to help you as much as they can. They have been extremely helpful. So big shout, people answering the phones at Long Beach Department of Health. I appreciate the help. Andy, how about your big shout for the week? What do you got? Yeah, my big shout is for all of uh, the staff that are working at uh, the Pyramid and on campus for our testing. So uh, as I mentioned, I go three times a week. I, I'm probably first in line. I go 7 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which means they're there, you know, way before seven o'clock and they work throughout the day. And, you know, they got to put up with all of us rolling through there. And, you know, we couldn't do what we're doing without those people and the testing. So big shout out to all the staff on campus, all the medical folks who make that uh, make that work. So thank you so much. 
Uh, I'm going to kind of split the difference between you guys and thank everyone who's uh, volunteering, uh, giving out uh, vaccine shots. I know that there's uh, a bunch of people at Long Beach State over on the Palo Verde side. I know that when I went to go get my first dose a few weeks ago, I was surprised by how many people were. I was hearing, oh, I'm here volunteering. I just want to help get the city through this as quickly as possible. I know uh, quite a few of the uh, Local school district nurses volunteered on weekends, you know, they work Monday through Friday and they're volunteering because there's just sort of that shared sense of service that we all want to get back to helping other people and, and opening things up and being able to do things as safely, um, but as fully as we can. And um, it's been a difficult year. There's been a lot of negative stuff uh, all around. There's been some difficulty getting everyone on the same page about even what we're all going through. Um, but as this is hopefully drawing to a close, knock on wood, um, it's been inspiring to me to sort of be reminded of that. Like, no, this was a big thing we all went through together. Um, we'll all be talking about it and experiencing the after effects of it in one way, uh, shape or form for the rest of our lives. But uh, there are a lot of people out there holding the lanterns up uh, to help lead us back out of the tunnel, which has been uh, very touching for me to see. It's great to see all of these teams back in action. Like we said, all of that coverage available at the 562.org. We've got our Long Beach State Notebook available every Monday, recapping everything that happened on the weekend. And in two weeks, we're going to have another episode of the LB Fee Show for you. So for producer Roger, for Andy Fee, for us at 562.org, thank you, LB Nation. We'll talk to you guys soon.